0: on GT Channel with Sam Itani, James McKeon, and Taro Koki.
1: Hey everyone, this is Taro from GT Channel. Before we get to our podcast with Jan Martinborough, I have a short message from our sponsor, Creator Formula. Creator Formula is the leading social influencer agency for the automotive world. So if you're a creator making auto content, their formula can transform you into powerful brands that drive more income and recognition for you. The Creator Formula team and technology specialize in developing talent, growth, and identifying new avenues to earn more from the content you create. So visit them at creatorformula.io. Let them help you find income, whether it's from advertising, sponsorship, or e-commerce. So for creators looking to monetize through their automotive passions, go explore the possibilities at creatorformula.io.
2: Hello, we are here from the USA where we like to be number one in everything, even corona cases. We're killing everyone. So anyways, we're all locked down here. Uh, Taro over there in um, Culver City or is it? Yeah, I think it's Culver City. El, El Segundo. El Segundo. Um, uh, he is the uh, man who makes all of this happen and sometimes not happen, but most of the time happen. Hey, hey, hey. hey,
1: hey, hey. Then we
2: have uh, James McKeown who's over in pa- from Pasadena, and he is the host of the No Breaking... Pa- Pasadena? <laughs> Pasadena, where did oh, that come it? from, Hollywood.
1: Sam?
2: Hollywood, Hollywood. Okay. oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood, it's all LA guys, and I'm in Orange <laughs> County, uh, where they, which they call right now the Florida of California. Um, uh, and uh, we are we have a great, awesome special guest today, uh, Jan Martinborough, who was a... Uh, nissan academy winner he is uh just a true talent uh he's uh driving in the uh gt champions is it super gt championships that's i think the official name now right super gt championships and uh taro i don't know how you got him but you know their season starts pretty soon uh awesome so go ahead and take it away
1: hey man jan and i go way back all right not just you sam
2: <laughs> oh great
1: yeah so um Jan, welcome to our show. Glad to have you guys, man.
2: Thank you.
1: Glad to be here. So um, I think we have to start uh, with the uh, elephant in the room, I guess, you know? I mean, you've been uh, living in Japan, um, kind of sheltered from the global community. Uh, You know, Japan's a world on its own. Uh, The hard question is, uh, what's your favorite Japanese food? (laughs)
3: Yeah. Um, My favorite food in general is uh,
1: unagi dong. Unagi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love unagi. I love unagi. Hey, Jan, can you
2: get a little closer to the mic maybe? You're kind of a little bit echoing a bit, so. Uh,
1: Yeah, better. That's good. good. Unagi, that's great. So we have a lot of stuff to ask you. Um, Sam and James, they have some questions on their own. Um, let's start. Uh, first of all, you won GT Academy in 2011 when you were 19 years old, right? Yes. Uh, did you have any real racing experience before that? And um, did you actually dream? You know, did, you have to, did you actually think you would win the thing? Well,
2: before, that, before he gets into that, Tara, why don't you explain what the GT Academy is for some people who don't know what it is?
1: Well, GT Academy is a competition held by uh, Nissan and our friends at uh, Sony, uh, Polyphony Gran Turismo franchise. Um, yeah, and you can probably explain it better better than I can. Thousands and thousands of people, you know, try out online, and it's basically the pinnacle of of online racing. And the winner gets to get gets a seat to drive a real uh, race car drive, right?
3: Pretty much. So. Uh... You know the original concept is to see if we can take a um, a gamer who's fast on Gran Turismo and uh, to see if they can still have that speed in, in a real life racing car. Um, that's just a brief. That was the original brief between mm-hmm. I. You know I've heard the story of how it got created, and that was it. It was the, the idea was thought up in a in a British pub between um, two guys, one from Sony, one from uh, from uh, uh, Nissan, and that was it. And then they were like okay let's see where we can go from here and the, the idea just kind of spawned from early 2000s and then 2007 continued on until um i think 2016 or 15 when it finally stopped
1: did you um have any experience behind a real race car before? Uh,
3: no zero so i was wow. like you know the, the lowest step you can be i was um I had my road license. I had a, uh, a little BMW E30 at the time. Um, and I'd never driven on a track. Um, the fastest I'd, I'd been
0: was like 90 miles an hour on the motorway in the UK. Allegedly 90 miles an hour, right? On the motorway there young, because I don't think the speed limits uh, get you up to 90, but allegedly maybe 90 miles an hour, right? Oh, yeah, allegedly. Just, yeah, allegedly. allegedly. The speed almost said
3: 90, but it was a 90s car, so it's probably out by 20 miles an hour anyway. Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. We're def- right. definitely under the speed limit. Definitely. Yeah, the cops won't be coming after you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we have a question uh, from Instagram when we announced that we'd be having you. Sen 7 on Instagram asks, um, what was the biggest challenge going from sim to real racing?
3: The um, biggest challenge was vision, where like where you look as a driver. Um, for me, I had like a little, I think it was like 20 inch TV screen. So my eyes, like they never moved. They were just, you know, everything was in focus. I could, I didn't have to look into a corner or anything. Um, but when you get into a racing car, when there's an instructor sat next to you and he's, he's got like a mirror set up so he can see your face and your eyes where you're looking, where he's, you know, when you tra- he's training you. And like I'm turning left into a corner at Silverstone. And then he's just looking at my, looking at the mirror looking at my face. And I'm still like looking down at the apex mm-hmm. when the next corners are over there. And just to retrain your brain into looking through corners, um, looking into a different direction where you're traveling, it takes, that takes months. That oh, was really? a big challenge. Yeah, because it's just, well, it was 19 years of kind of what, less than 19 years, but say uh, over 10 years of just, you fixated on one particular space with your eyes and then retraining your brain to look into a different direction where you're going, it's uh that takes quite a lot of time.
1: I see. So that's were, the biggest challenge. were you always uh a gamer?
3: Um, ever since I was um nine I guess. Mm-hmm. Playstation one, G T one, um it was yeah, a shooting game as well that used to play. I can't remember the name. I need to remember it, but it was mega. Um, yeah, that's where it started. Really, just a normal gamer kid loves PlayStation games.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: shooting games. You
1: always, uh, a gamer? Cool. Um, so you won GT Academy. Um, how does the conversation go after that? I mean, you. I think your first race was Dubai. Right after that.
3: Yeah, So. Win GT Academy. I lived in um, a place um, in the UK of Wales, and then I moved to basically Silverstone. Uh, lived there for just um, yeah six months. Okay. So every day I was there training um, with the instructors. Um, a variety of training, fitness in car, um, mental training as well, which is a big thing. Mm-hmm. So the original goal is to do the Dubai 24 hours um, at the start of the year, the following year, so 2012. To be able to do that race, you need to have an international license. So you need to do a certain amount of races at club level Mm -hmm. to be able to get that license. So during those six months, I was doing races almost every weekend, trying to get enough. And they call it signatures, so 12 signatures, Mm golf club. 12 club level races get you an international license. So that was the plan to do those and train and then get ready for the, the main prize, which was the Dubai 24 hours. That was meant to be it. You know, here's your prize, do your race. That's it. But it kind of carried on.
1: What was like that your first 24 hour endurance race?
3: Uh, It was my second one, really. It was, uh, I'm, I'm delving deep into GT Academy. Um, I had a kind of bad memories as well. So, this was my second 24 hour race. The first one I did, the car broke um, at Silverstone. It was a 24 hour race, and uh, we were driving this Nissan uh, 370Z GT4. Now, I had a brand new engine, this 4 litre, normally the Zs of 3.7s. This was a 4 litre specially built motor. I mean, it, it had like an extra 40 horsepower over standard. It was around that, you know, probably a 410 horsepower over the GT4 spec. And um, three hours into the race, when I was in the car, the crankshaft snapped. And um, I mean, that was the first time I'd been in the car and it's broken and I was so fresh. I'm like, oh, did I break the car? What's, what's going on? What's going to happen to me? <laughs> really just like a mechanical failure. The thing just snapped and the engine just sees there. And then it was, it was the most weird sensation. Um, so I'm out in Silverstone in the 24 hour race. It's dark, there's no lights. And when there's 60 cars on track and your door opens, happens to open onto the racing line, it's not very nice. And it's just lights and cars coming past at hundreds, hundreds of miles an hour. Um, and then Dubai it was great. You know, uh, that was the first um, gamer podium actually, because it was uh, me, Lucas Ordinez, Jordan Tresson and Brian Heitkater. So all four of us were uh, GT Academy winners through, through various years. And uh, we finished third in class, so that was the first ever podium of an all gamer lineup, and um, yeah, awesome race. We, had a, we should have won that race. We had a problem where the uh, the actual air filter was right in. We've got like a little cutout on the on the bumper for the Z in the GT4 car at the time, and uh, just a normal kind of K&N filter um, exposed. And basically during my stint, again, there, uh, there was so much sand on the track and this just got clogged. The filter got full of clogged full of sand and sucked it into the inlet. So the uh, car stopped for uh, about 40 minutes and we had to get towed back. But um, yeah, that was good, good experience.
1: That's awesome.
0: Well, I was going to ask Jan a question. I want to know, Jan, I mean, in that race where you were racing with the other GT Academy graduates, is there any competition between you graduates in regards to who is the fastest person on track? And You're still... not supposed to ask that. <laughs> yes, you can. And then still ask who's the uh, fastest on in game as well, On still on, uh, I guess, GT. Is there still any pressure that goes amongst you guys where you compete like that?
3: Yeah, there was. Um, and, you know, everybody knows it, but we never spoke about it. But mm-hmm. it's everything. Um, especially... You know, you get met so many people that have been pro drivers um, that were my mentors. And the one thing they always have in common in saying is when you race against, you, when you have a teammate and you race against him, you have to be faster than him. You have to be. Otherwise, you won't get a look in. So at Dubai, I remember that uh, Lucas did the qualifying session for the car. And of course, because he's the guy the most experience, he's done twenty four hours before. He's he's been racing for three years, and I was kind of I was pissed. I was like, man, why, is, why can't I do that? <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm on pace come, come from practice, but um, um, I didn't get my my shot. But uh, my my mentor at the time, and um, he could see that I was, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be to, to be the you know golden boy. You know, I wanted to be the guy that put the car on and you know qualified the car so um on saturday morning just before the race we have a session called warm-up and um you know it's another session just to get the car getting the drivers everybody fresh and ready for the race and um yeah the team put on a new set of slicks which is really unusual for warm-up to do that It's a big risk you know if you shut the car out in warm-up there's no chance you're going to start the race so anyway i went out there like banzai crazy did my lap and it was quicker than Lucas's but only a small amount but that's all that was good with me I didn't care if it was that that big or that's this big I was quicker and I knew I could and in that moment I was you know I don't know it's just the ego is such a sensitive precious thing in sport and in any sportsman, their ego is, you know insanely fragile and but that moment it my ego just went like that <laughs> to yeah. me it was uh, it's everything um, who's fastest on the game? Um, Jordan Tresson. He was always fast on, uh, on GT. I mean, even after he won GT Academy and he was racing for real, he'd be always playing GT still. And uh, we'd go on these events together and uh, there'd be like a, a GT rig set up and he'd be on it all the time. <laughs> Just yeah. saying, come on, guys, try and beat me. And we're like, nah, mate, it's fine. Break <laughs> <laughs> it down, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, confidence is uh, really important, though, right? I mean, in in any sport, I guess. I mean, if you lose confidence, you can't even, you know, bring out the best of your performance.
3: Yeah, it's it's big. Um, whereas back then, it was, you know there was confidence, but um, it was more the, the the image that I wanted to control. So I knew that I was fast, but other people didn't know how it was fast. So, uh, you know, lap time, all, all that people have to go off in motorsport is just lap time. Now I understand there's more to it because there's more to it in, you know, once you get to a professional level, there's a lot more things that go on that are very nuanced, that have a big say in whether you get a contract or not. Whereas back then, um, there's only a few guys deciding your career progression. So if you're seen as the new guy, and then there's a guy that's been here, you know, three years, be it Lucas, Jordan, and you're, I don't know, in my head, it was like, right, I've got to be faster than them. For me to be able to get to the next level, I've got to be faster than them. So it was a war, and we were all we were good friends, but yeah, we, we all wanted to beat each other because it was like, there's, <laughs> there's a finite amount of seats. There's only, yeah. a certain, there's only a, you know, a small amount of Nissan race cars out there um, you were sponsored by Nissan, so... all all four of us can't race forever. Um, So it was like, uh, yeah, just I needed, I needed that kind of uh, to be seen as the guy that was quickest for me to to get to the next level. Yeah, very uh, weird situation. It's That's it's still like that now. To be honest, I I say it's weird. It's not. It's it's
1: like that now. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So um, you raced at Le Mans. I think I, I saw you at Le Mans as well. Um, you were in a Formula car, and a uh, LMP two car, or right, or was it? Yes. Um, how did you? How? What did it feel when you got? You know, you started in a GT car, and then you went into open wheel. What was that like, that transition?
3: Uh, so, going from GT to uh, LMP2, it, the difference isn't that big in terms of driving style, but going from, say, GT to a um, Formula 3 car. So, mm-hmm. I did Formula 3 uh, in 2014, 2013, British Formula 3 and European Formula 3. And that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my career. It's oh, unreal. Boy. Yeah. Because uh, when you, you're you so impressionable, especially when you're new to something, right? And uh, to drive the GT3 car at the time, the GTR, the, you had to put 120 kilos of brake pressure through the brake pedal to stop the car. Because uh, it was just a big route. You know, everything, all the actions were really blunt. to get, mm-hmm. You had to bruise the car to get it through a track. Um, whereas the Formula Three car, it's um, it's just this de- delicate, 240 horsepower thing that has so much downforce, and you have so much influence on the car's balance.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And coming from that to Formula, I was terrible for for a good year, like awful. Just couldn't, I didn't get it. I just didn't get the bit, the downforce. I didn't get the the way that I have to control the pitch in the car because of all my Inputs are really blunt because I've been used to GT. Right, right. Uh, man, it took ages. Like I did Formula Three in Japan in 2016, and then it then it clicked. You know, and then I'm fighting for a championship, getting wins. Whereas back then it was the the hardest thing, hardest progression I have ever had to experience.
2: Yeah, because there, Taro, there. I don't think there's open wheel cars in uh, LMP2 or sports cars. So, and then Formula cars are the open wheel ones. There's no Formula cars in Le Mans. Just a just a you know just to get that straight. So well,
1: he was doing well. You the were prototypes racing are called the, prototypes. Yeah, oh. he he did.
2: Yande, yeah, he uh, did. Uh, Formula uh, Formula Three was it or what is it? in Japan? You know, with the, the Japanese, those are Formula cars. So
1: just to, yeah, the yeah yeah LMP okay. two cars are the the yeah prototypes. those are the, those are not considered right? yeah they're but not. they have a lot of uh, downforce compared to oh like,
2: yeah you know, they're the fastest things out there so yeah, yeah. yeah. so definitely.
1: Um, so, well, thank you, Sam.
2: Yeah, no, I just wanted to, I got confused. I'm going, wait Yeah, now. yeah,
1: yeah. My, my question was, um, so when you, when you did Le Mans, I, didn't you get on the podium that year?
3: Uh, no. And in the results, we finished third in LMP2, but we didn't get to go on the podium because after the race, we finished fourth, right? Okay. And then two weeks later, Le Mans have a really bad habit of doing this with the organizers. It's not very good. So I had my engineer, I was on the simulator doing some Formula 3 practice for whatever track I was doing. And the main engineer just randomly paused the sim. He comes in the room and he said, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. The good news is you finished third at Le Mans. The bad news is you didn't get to go on the podium. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that's true. Because it's uh, going on the podium that race. Yeah, it's, it's everything, you know, it's the best podium in the world. And you know, yeah. you're able I think, outside of probably Monaco and F1. Um, but I've got the trophy. I had to wait four years for it, though, because the team owner at the time, we just didn't meet up. And now we have, and I've got this little... Four know, oh, years? Yeah. Yeah, he was, was on his mantelpiece for years. Yeah. Oh. And he gave it to me last year,
1: actually. Wow. Did you feel like you reached uh, some kind of a goal... Um, at that point, or was it still a stepping stone for more things to come at that point?
3: Uh, I don't know. I I wasn't thinking about it, really. I just wanted to do Le Mans a lot more times. Um, I guess doing the... uh, I don't know. I think I didn't really have a goal. I just wanted to continue on racing and just see what happens, because I didn't expect to do Le Mans. Um, anyway, I didn't expect it to be Formula Three, any Formula cars at all. Because GT Academy GT cars, Nissan don't have any Formula cars. They have the GT3 car. Um, does it doesn't make sense for them what, to put me into Formula Three. My thinking. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't envision my career going in that direction. Anyway, so I was just on for the ride. I was like, okay, you do, you're driving this next year. Cool. You know, I'm happy. Yeah. To do that.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Do you stop at you know some days? Do you just stop and say, "Holy crap!" You know, I used to, I used to be a gamer, and I'm a professional race car driver.
3: Yeah, sometimes I don't do it often anymore. Um, I never, do, I never used to do it often anyway before that. But it's only when I only think about it is when I get questions like that. So I oh, used to be a gamer, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did. that was that was cool." Um, yeah, it's and it's it's scary. Like if I think about what could have been in another parallel universe. There'll be another Jan Mardemmerer probably now, working for a furniture company, designing sofas. I don't know, for Ikea maybe, something like that. That'll be be it. Who occasionally goes on a track day in his beta BMW road car uh, (laughs) every couple of months. That'll be it.
1: Cool, cool. what do you think, you mentioned, you know, trying out formula cars was the biggest challenge. Um, you know, we, we saw the Nürburgring, the incident at Nürburgring was probably a big challenge. Um, how do you overcome those big challenges that, you, that you've uh, faced?
3: Um, I guess it's uh, once you figure out what, what you're good at, you, you, you don't stop it wanting to, to improve yourself. And for me, with racing, that's the only thing I'm good at. That's the only thing I can say to myself, that's the best thing I can do. And um, with all the challenges you have to overcome, it's like, well, it's, I, you know, I still want to go race cars. I still want to do what I'm doing. I love what I do. It's like my ultimate, it's my job and it's my passion at the same time. It's, oh, this is what I'm made to do. It's, it's my only the only thing I enjoy, well, one of the only things I can I enjoy 100%, all the hurdles that come with it, all the rubbish you have to deal with, um, I enjoy that rubbish because it's part of motorsport. And, um, man, yeah, it, there's no better feeling of, you know, once you do all the things and then you're on the grid, just about to start a race, it's the best feeling in the world because like you're on the grid going to race of all these guys around you. And uh, it's it's mega so I guess that with all the challenges that I've had to overcome it's yeah they've been almost not easy that's a bad word but it's like okay I still want to go racing I still want to improve myself um, let's let's do it.
2: Ian, and how many years have you been with uh, super GT now? this is gonna be my. Uh, fifth year, fifth season. Wow. You know, yeah. I'm I'm sure it's easier now, but like the first time when you started racing for them, uh, you know, you were talking about challenges, but I'm taking the, you know, the language barrier with some of the Japanese other drivers, the Japanese engineers, the owner. I mean, how did you deal with that? Yeah, I'm still dealing with that. You're still feeling with that? <laughs> <laughs> how's your Japanese? It's not very good. It's Choto. <laughs> yeah, <chotto>. Very good. <laughs> so, I mean, is it like, uh, you know, listening to the broken English? Do you have a translator there? I mean, how, how's it working um, or
3: how has well, it worked, too? Okay, the last two years, uh, with the team I'm with now, their uh their team owner, um, his English is, is good. He can speak good English. My... Um, my um, engineers, uh, their English is really good. One of them is English is almost perfect, mm. um, and uh, my main engineer, his English is good. Also, he can understand. Um, within Nismo itself, um, it can be a bit of a problem sometimes. But the people that the people that I need to talk to, their English level is, is good enough, and they can uh, they can understand. Um, and certainly writing a race report, it's in English. It's they can understand right. it completely. But yeah, it's like you know, if I spoke Japanese or if I knew more, it would be a lot better. Mm. But it's I'm learning. I'm gonna. I'm learning. I'm slowly getting better, but I'm still not at a level where I'm not fluent. I'm far off from that. Yeah. And then you know, in the junior categories, what? Well, Say three years ago when I was with another team with Nissan with uh, Impul, you know the that iconic Calsonic livery, the blue one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the team owner there, Hashino uh, San. Yeah, he's a, a legend. legend. Yeah, yeah. I love this guy. He's my he's, if there was one team I'd want to race for again, it'd be, it'd be him. Just for to be you know partnered with him. Um, he's English zero. Like, yeah. <laughs> <I know>. Still managed to communicate together because he gets it. He's a racer. You know, he just says, oh, yeah, full full attack, you know, crash. No problem. If crash,
2: (laughs) no problem. Just push.
3: That's a nice owner. He says, oh,
2: push it as hard as you can. It's okay if you bend the car.
3: You know, it's unusual for Japan, you know. It's very unusual, um, which is why I loved racing racing with him all the time. Um, His passion was... like, I mean, everybody said stories of Hashim san and the way that his temper goes. But like, he will destroy stuff and you know show real emotion and passion for the sport if uh, if you do something wrong. So he'll tell you if you do something wrong. But if you do something right, you put the car on the pole or you fight for a win, he'll show you,
2: you know, his love for you. So, have you seen, uh, have you seen examples of him losing it? Yeah, there's a, there's <laughs> a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> you know, for a long time, he was known as you know, the fastest man in Japan because he was, you know, and this is what, you know, he, he was racing the, during the days of Satori Nakajima and some really fast guys, but they
1: yeah. said Hoshino-san was the fastest. So yeah, that's cool. So I was uh, um, Kondo-san.
3: Yeah, Kondo-san's great. Um, you know, he's, uh, I didn't know it until you know, I joined the team, but he used to race for Nissan for many years as well. Mm-hmm. And at uh, Le Mans and in uh, Super GT also, and um, you know he has some strong passions. But he's he's kind of the the opposite in the way that he wants he expects to go race. And so with Cono sign, it's a different set of challenges sometimes. Where you know you do a race and the car has to be pristine, almost. Mm-hmm. And it's a different way of you got you don't want to think that it affects you sometimes, but uh, you know. He's the team owner. You got to listen to him, and uh, yeah, luckily for the last, you know, last year we've had no incidents, and uh, he's always been happy. And uh, within the condo Racing itself, there's and we have different tyres. For example, we have Yokohama tyres rather than Bridgestone, and there's a, there's a method you have to you have to change the way you think using um, a different set of tyres. manufacturing, you have to find the best way to get get lap time out of them, and. Um, yeah, it's been, been really good. He's, uh, he's got some strong, strong passion as well. He has, uh, you know, he wants, uh, he's, well, he's more of a, um, if a, if there's a 50-50 chance, on well, more, say, if there's like a 70-30 chance of wanting to do something, he would always go for the gamble. He would always, you know, let's gamble. Oh, really? Well, yeah, done. so he's quite, it's, it's interesting. You know, he wants to win big. If there's a choice of going on wets or slicks when it's kind of marginal, you'd be like, okay, we go to slicks. You know, let's, wow. let's gamble. If, if this pays off, we're going to go big.
2: That's so un-Japanese, huh, Taro?
1: <laughs> He's a risk taker.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's not many Jap- Japanese risk takers out there. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
2: cool.
1: Wow. Well, yeah, Japanese are usually pretty conservative, you know, mm-hmm. but when okay. it comes to racing, I guess not. So,
2: Jan, yeah, are you uh, pretty much used to the strategies of, you know, you know, putting on the weight? You know, if, if you if you win a race, you know, the handicap system. I mean, that really, I always thought, man, you know, that's really weird because you know you you're not really out there to win every race because then you're going to get handicapped with weight, right, the whole time. So, it's uh,
3: it, it works in It's it's good because it is it's a sport but it's also an entertainment and it's so nobody wants to see the same car out there lapping, race out formula one <laughs> well this, this year will be interesting i think for position three maybe you'll be interesting for yeah, yeah. Two. top two's mercedes it's going to be this year yeah um yeah in super gt it's um you can play it both ways you can kind of you know go at it from round one round two and um get get all the weight in the car, get all the success ballast, and then be, be nowhere for like round three, f- or maybe round four or five, be really, the car be really heavy, you will have a restrictor, an air restrictor, um, probably no chance for a result. Or you can kinda of play the game where, you know, you finish P three, P four for the first few races, you get a lot of points, but the car is relatively light compared to if you won a lot of the races. Um and win win a championship. That I think the car that won the championship last year. I don't think it won a race last year.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: and so you can play it that that way, or you know, you don't even have to play. You could kind of just fall into that. I mean, I wish I could play that kind of game. You know, not wanting to win a race. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, has, that hasn't. We haven't had the real the, the, the performance to be able to do that currently. So I hope this year it be like that. But yeah, we never know. Um, I, I think it's cool, you know. When the cars, you can kind of get lucky as well. If your car's heavy and it happens to be wet, mm-hmm. you can still get a result out of the out of the car if it's if it's wet. So, right.
1: um,
3: yeah, it mixes it up. I mean, quite a few good championships have it. Like that, that's good for you know fans. So British touring cars, they use success bias, us, I think, um, currently, and they have a huge audience. We have a huge audience all the time. Um, and it's for, for the drivers, it's kind of uh, another, uh, you know, tool in their chest you know, of the box of excuses. So you have <laughs> set up in engineering. Because uh, it's never company. your fault. <laughs> yeah, so we have weights. So, if, okay, yeah, the, you know, if someone says, oh, you're, you're slow this weekend, oh, yeah, but the car's heavy. It's so <laughs> you know, right, another right. tool <laughs>
0: So, yeah, and I've got a, a quick question for you. Obviously, you've, you've been racing now close to almost 10 years, which is a significant time. And you've raced across different series and, and uh, different championships and so forth. But what have you found to be of the cars that you've been driving when you've been racing? Which has been the cars that you've really enjoyed driving the most? I mean, I know that people, that I, when I talk to other racers, they say there's cars that obviously they race in that while it's fast and they enjoy that, they say it's not quite the most pleasant experience to be driving because it can be difficult. So what is it that you've found as you've had the the most enjoyment behind the wheel of, of the range of cars that you've worked with?
3: As road cars or race cars? No, race cars. Ah, so um, at the end of the year, we, um, Nismo put on this event called Nismo Festival. Mm And, you know, they have Nismo, they have a workshop a garage in a place called Zama in in Japan where they have every single race car they've ever built. Yep. Yep. And uh, every year they'll bring out a a selection of these race cars to uh, put on a a show for the fans at the end of the year for two Mm days. Yep. And um, we'll get to drive, the drivers, we get to drive a lot of these cars. And ever since I went there in 2014 to watch, um, and then as a driver in Japan, I, I love this event. It's my favorite event of the year. It's kind of on a level of Goodwood where you get to drive cool stuff. Yep. So my favorite car from that era, driving around, I've drove it a couple of times now, and it's Kondo-san's old Le Mans car. It's the R33 GTR LM. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah, still an RB26. Um, I don't know. I think. Is that, a cool. is that the yellow liveried one? No, it's it's the white, blue, white and blue one. Okay. From 90, I think it's 98. Yeah. So it's like a G. I don't know which spec, it wasn't the top class, it was uh, maybe GT2. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was GT1. But uh, yeah, it's got um, a livery on the side, it says keep the dream alive. Um, it was on Gran Turismo 2, I think it was. Um yeah and that, that's mega because it's it's pretty much a road car with some overall cage and it's a bit wider um and a bit more boost but um just the, the way it handles i don't know an ear those kind of, kind of era cars where you still have three pedals because they still have three pedals those uh the position of everything has to be perfect and the weighting of everything has to be perfect so the 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 way that the clutch goes in and the and the actual gearbox lever as well it's it's almost like a um, like a yes this is it
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
3: yeah just the weighting is perfect and the, the the gearbox is is mega on it um, the pedal placement is is perfect the way the steering wheel the r thirty
2: three sorry I think it's an r thirty three right yes oh, yeah yeah it's awesome just the weight of the thing
3: and it's it's got carbon brakes as well which i didn't expect I didn't expect it's got those early generation carbon brakes which take an absolute age to warm up like go in 260k into fuji turn one and then you hit the brakes usually they fire up straight away whereas this car you can hit them and nothing happens for like
0: <laughs> <one across laughs> a you hit them yeah. it's like
3: I'm not slowing out. Okay, now I'm just
0: <laughs> and, and then Jan with these when they get to drive obviously the ones in the collection, how close to ten tenths are you pushing them?
3: Oh no, and I'm, I'm ten tenths, man. Right
0: like, there, that's perfect. perfect. That's all we want to hear. <laughs> that's all we want to know. Yeah, yeah, that's good to know. You
3: know, I get gas. Like I have I had these GoPros set up this last year. I was so excited. I had all these GoPros set up and I had put more in the car in all these positions. And um I later found out the the file was corrupted. I was gutted because during that that time, um, you know, I get an email about a month before to tell me which cars I can drive, and this car was on there. And also, uh, Michael, you know, Michael Crumb, he's a yeah. Nissan driver, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, um, GT1 World Champion. He always drives his GT1 car. So yeah. from 2000 and, uh, 2009 or 2010 you drive this GT1 car at Nismo Festival. So this is, uh, I forget which engine it is, but it's the V8, it's off the, out of the Nissan Armada. It's a four and a half litre V8, I think. Uh, I mean, it sounds like God <laughs> coughing; it's, it's unreal. The, the thunder is, it's, it's mad. And it's got a sequential, and we decided to race. So we were like, okay, you wanna, let's race each other. So we both go out, and that Nissan 33 smoked it, smoked the GT1 car yeah <laughs> i mean maybe he wasn't pushing 10 tenths and he kept on
0: saying you were pushing flat out
3: and i was like yeah of course <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's but good to it, know it though because because when we see those videos now we know that you're giving it 10 tenths. these are all good things the reference points
3: yeah I was well i wanted the on board to prove it but yeah i mean i'm going to turn one i'm locking rears and i'm like man this is a priceless car if i shun this thing i'm done but at the same time i find it really exciting that money in it and this, and since the file was
0: corrupted, it just gives an excuse to ask to do it again now, right? Yeah, I'll <laughs> sit this year. Hopefully, we do it again.
1: Jan, which is your uh, favorite GTR? This is the R32, uh, 33. But you know, out of all the GTRs you've driven, which one's your favorite? Uh, the 33.
3: Really?
2: really? I, yeah, I probably love... because of this car. Yeah. yeah. No, not this one, but yeah, the, the race car.
3: I think it's it's the styling. I love the styling of the thirty three. But um, I say this, uh when I I had a thirty two as a road car a couple of years ago and that's the thirty three still was my favourite, but I was like okay, I'm gonna try the original Godzilla, I'll try the original GTR and I loved it. It was it was mega, but one of the only in my head I come to some sometimes stupid conclusions. So in my head my choice for choosing a 32 over a 33 buying wise was because the 32 has a seven liter bigger fuel tank than the 33 and that, that was somehow the reason to get the 32 mm-hmm. i don't know strange yeah.
2: oh, i mean less trips to the gas station yeah huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah this is expensive in japan <laughs> hey, hey, Ian, did you ever drive that blade glider or remember the the three-wheel um uh, nissan lm car do you remember Oh, uh, the Delta Wing. Delta Wing. Yeah. yeah. No, I never driven that. You never no. driven that? Yeah, I I, I, was, I, I think Lucas drove it too, right? I think he drove it. I, I wanted that. That was that was so weird.
1: Yeah, I, I think they retired that one. Yeah, they did. As, as Jan was coming up, I think. Oh, right? there,
2: well, there it is, right there, right. Oh, the you're talking
1: right. about not? Yeah, not. Yeah, okay.
0: But yeah, okay. Jan I'm, did drive the the GTR. LM Nismo though yeah. at Le Mans, yeah, and it wasn't wasn't probably Nismo's finest hour. I think at uh, at the racetrack.
3: Yeah, it was, it was a tough one. It you know due to there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes, and you know at the time the 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 backers behind the real kind of strong arm backers behind it left just as that thing was getting off the ground, and ideally the car needed another year, but without that those people within Nissan. It wasn't going to happen. It had to go out there and then we had to have three cars ready for Le Mans in 2015. And, uh, and you know, we had this car didn't have a hybrid. It was designed to have a hybrid system. And it wasn't when we raced, we didn't have the hybrid because this was designed for by another company who failed us. Basically, that was the, that was it. Not yeah, half right. of us. Yeah. And once that once they failed, they can bring us the, this proper hybrid system. The car was. Destined to have, you know, a tough result because that hybrid was designed to stop the car. It mm-hmm. was um, a, a huge flywheel, and basically that was the car's brakes. It did the majority of the braking. Right. So right. this car wasn't designed to have. You can see a picture there. It has no brake ducts. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. uh, at Le Mans, we're hacking into the. If you look at a picture of this car now and the car we raced at Le Mans, we have brake ducts where mm-hmm. the team literally hacking into the front of the bodywork, trying to get brake air. Into for the brakes, so um, yeah, it's just an unfortunate event of circumstances. Which uh, the end result was a uh, was a car that was almost too it was premature,
1: yeah. The front wheel drive one, right? That was,
2: yeah, right, front wheel drive, that's my like, but uh. So, yeah, can you tell me a little bit about the upcoming season? What do you expect? What's, uh, you know, what's going on, especially with, this, you know, 2020 being such a weird year, you know?
3: Yeah, so um, this weekend, it's uh, round one of Super GT. We are racing through Fuji Speedway, um, racing for Car24, Honda Racing. GTRs this year, we... It's the first year actually of the new rules regulations where we have a lot of the parts are common parts. So all three manufacturers we have similar suspension components, same level, same as DTM. And um, <clears throat> this year, the GTR compared to others and especially Kondo with the Yokohama tire, we're kind of much more closer to the Pekin order now. We can actually fight going from testing as well. So it looks good. Um, I'm excited for it. Like, because this is the closest Super, G- Super GT has been in a long time in terms of be- people being close and all three or four tire manufacturers being relatively close to each other. Um, I just hope it isn't wet because uh, we don't have the strongest wet tire in the world. Um, but it looks like there's going to be 31 millimeters of rain on Saturday, which is going to be fun. Oh, um, you guys are getting
2: a lot of rain right now, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's,
3: it's it's kind of it's just on the edge of. Uh, rainy season to summer. So mm-hmm. hopefully, I don't know, hopefully Sunday they decide it's going to be summer and it will just be dry.
2: <laughs> How's it, How do you think it's going to be uh, racing with no people in the stands?
3: Um, Is it's going to be strange. Um, I mean, when we're racing, we don't... when we do yeah, that, You're not looking up
2: at the stands, of course. Uh,
3: sometimes. Oh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Fuji, we have, uh, you know, those... Those uh, fans that have big, big ass poles, big uh, flags. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, And they yeah. go for, for the whole race. They're like this, just waving <laughs> the flag, and uh, you see that. Like when you go on the straight, you're doing three hundred k. You're like, wow, they're still going. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, also before the race as well. It's uh, it is nice, especially on the grid, when you have everybody up there just wanting, you know. Take a picture or talk to you about the car. Um, yeah, so it's, got, it's going to suck that they're, they're not going to be there for, for that. Hopefully, it, it, well, the situation will change later down the line, so that we can get the, the fans back. Um, but uh, I think uh, the organisers, GTA, they've got some plans uh, to know, for for the for the drivers, plans for the drivers to do, so we can kind of put on a display they can see online as well because okay. we still you know we still got cameras there we still got be live and whatnot but mm-hmm. um, just with no fans, so I think we've got to do a bit more to uh, put on a different show because now the schedule's changed because now we have qualifying on Sunday morning and the race Saturday, uh, Sunday also because normally we have practice Saturday then qualifying a bit later than just the race Sunday but now it's quality on, and the race on Sunday.
1: Have you had time to uh, test uh, sufficiently with uh, the COVID restrictions? Yeah.
3: we've had uh, this last month. We have got uh, which yeah, so late late last month and last week, or well, ten days ago, uh, we had some testing. We had we had two tests. Uh, one at Fuji, which was went really well actually. We were uh, on the paper. It looks you I mean, finished ninth. That's terrible. But mm-hmm. we were actually. Uh, six tenths off of a car which wasn't handling particularly nice and it was really encouraging so compared to last year we've made a big step and the test at Suzuka um, which was good um, I'm still smiling about it even though it means nothing because it's a test doesn't matter but we were uh, quickest which was good That's
1: great. That's always and, great. Uh,
3: especially, especially at Suzuka as well whereas usually on for the Yokohama tyre it's a bit tough because
1: mm-hmm.
3: there's so much energy going into the tyre mm-hmm. um, because I think with this year's car, it's, it's actually mechanically lighter on the tire. because There's less energy going into it, and the tire can, can kind of survive and not get overloaded. So even for the Suzuka turn, Sector 1, where it's just like the highest loadings you can imagine at circuit. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of we're doing all right. So uh, all boats positive. I just hope, you know, yeah, everything kind of comes to a plan. Well, well i'm gonna be pulling for you you know
2: i mean usually i know i have a couple of friends who are always racing in super gt but this year i do not even know if you know uh, akira ida uh, you know he's a team owner he's still driving on his own but he's usually gt 300 now
3: right
2: yeah so so yeah i'm rooting for you man i will hope you bring, bring it home <laughs>
1: yeah, i will well, be watching the live stream definitely Rooting for you. So, um, Jan, where can um, our fans find you on social? Uh, how, how, how do they uh, follow you?
3: Uh, so, I've got a, uh, yeah, Instagram. I've got a website as well, which is linked there. Um, also, Twitter. Yeah, those are three things. You I mean, are on it,
2: man. You I try. I try. This is what I'm sad. here for. Hey, Jan, <laughs> if you ever need a publicist, you know where to go. This guy right here, he <laughs> is on it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm, main, I'm mainly on Twitter, uh, Instagram. Um, yeah, Twitter and Instagram is mainly yeah. Facebook. I haven't updated that page in a long time, but
2: yeah, always on. For old guys, Facebook. you don't need
0: to do Facebook, man. <laughs> and and Sam, you know, I like to just make sure you know that I'm following,
2: just to, okay. as always, to to, oh, to make yeah, these. I, I saw that you're following all of it. Good yeah. man. Yeah, like I said, if if Jan, you need a publicist, you got I'm your... a team player.
1: <laughs> Easy <your> man. <laughs> so. Well, um, thanks for uh, joining us, Jan. Um, I know you're a busy guy. You have a race this week, and uh, it's kind of early for you. Uh, But uh, it was a pleasure to uh, have you on Podspeed.
2: Thanks, guys. Thank you, you, man. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, yeah. good luck this weekend, Jan. Thanks. All right. Cheers.
1: Good luck, Jan. Bye. So with that being the case, it, yeah, was a, are we going? it was um, kind of unfortunate that uh, the audio wasn't working.
2: We I Jan. It. Hey, Jan, man, you don't want to leave? <laughs> well, I'll stick around for a, for a bit. You do? Oh, right. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Oh, even better. Even, even better. even better. Great. Oh, awesome. <laughs> So, you know, what I what we do after after our guest is, you know, James uh, has usually does a driving evaluation of whatever, whatever he drove for free, you know, the week before, <laughs> the freeloading journalist he is. And, That's right. Uh, totally. Just purely make sure
1: to uh, critique his uh, photograph skills. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Photography I, I, skills.
2: I, I usually have some uh, like those little geeky dudes running around Japan. You know the, you know the. the there's plenty of them, right? The old as they call. Uh-huh. So and they're giving me all this scoop information on future cars. So I I, I do a section on that, and then Taro kind of just wraps up and just talks about whatever he the hell he wants to talk about. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So, so Carl, James, Sam, who wants to go first today? I'll the, go.
0: Uh, me, I'll go first and I'll make yeah, it nice sure. and easy since I think I'm already prepared. One moment here while I just get my photos ready. Oh, and then
2: Jan, we're going to probably be asking you your takes on some of the things the, uh, uh, we, we talk about. So if you're cool with that. And if there's something like we asked you, you can't talk about, I don't know if it's some secret stuff like from Nissan or something, just say, hey man, I can't say anything. So okay, you'll be good.
0: So this is the the wonderful machine that I got that I'm still, I will say, driving this week. Um, Obviously, not probably quite as fast as the R33 that you like to throw down the straight there at the Nismo Festival Yarn, to be fair. But I will say the little uh, Kia Seltos uh, S-Turbo all-wheel drive isn't a bad little car. It's a nice little runabout. Um, I didn't have the chance yet to take it off-road like most people do with a 1.6-liter turbo Compact SUV that'll happen this weekend. But you,
2: that's a unit body car. I don't think you really want to take it off road, do
0: you? Oh, I'm going off road on this one, Sam. Right. I'm going where cars shouldn't car.
1: go. I mean, I,
0: <laughs> I I just need someone to help me yeah. tow me out. So it's a good What's job that. I've got Taro on speed dial with his uh, proper SUV to pull me out.
1: I'll uh, pull you out. Yeah, but I, I like these uh, the location that you found. This
0: In well, this yeah. is the magic of downtown Los Angeles. You know, you just get your SUV. And you can drive everywhere. I mean, here's me on the train tracks. I mean, like, no one stops you. It's like Mad Max out there. It's like, it's rule-free zone, you know? You just go for it. Um, but the one, so this car comes in around $26,000, the sticker price. It's yeah. got more than enough safety equipment than you can ever imagine that you need. And the other good thing I will say about it, it's got a nice bit of room in it. For a car that's pretty small, mm-hmm. um, it's got enough room for a couple of pieces of suitcase and it fits four adults in quite comfortably.
1: What's um, a comparable... Uh, yeah, what
0: are those competitors? Yeah, Yeah. Like Size. the Mazda, I, I think what I'm looking at is the, when I was doing the comparables, I think when I pulled up the Mazda, I think was one, what was going through and comparing and contrasting. Which Mazda? Uh, the... I think it's the small... What is it? The Mazda 3, I think it is. No, the, the SUV one, the C3, is it? Is it CX-3? I can't remember. CX, so I can't remember. And then I think it's what the... They've got a couple here that compares it to, I've got it like the small Buick SUV that they do, the small Subaru, the Crosstrek, that kind of thing. Anything in the 25K, I mean, let's be honest, you're not really going to be taking this one out to that. It's probably going to be used mostly running around town like I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. So for that, it was pretty good. I mean, it was obviously nice, easy to park. I found it. it's got the same horsepower as the Passat that I had in the previous episode, but this felt a lot more nimble to drive. It was a lot more comfortable to drive. Um, not way, nowhere near as luxurious. What um, is the horsepower? 176 horsepower. Oh,
2: okay. It's got a little more than
0: mm.
2: that. That's okay.
0: not bad. Yeah, for 1.6. I mean, what more could you ask for, right? I mean, it's good. The fuel efficiency. Um, I think it was. It's running about 28 miles per gallon. I think I've got it out at, at the moment. So it's not too bad. I mean, I like the, the car. Side, yeah? yeah, and I like yes, and I like the styling. And I think the styling's kind of fun. Yeah, um, I think it looks like a, a budget kind of Range Rover kind of thing. That's one thing to say. Yeah, the
2: look. Yeah, I see that. So well, I got to admit, I, these Kias. You know, I mean, the Kia and Hyundai's. They they, they do look good. You know, I mean. They, and I,
0: I think it it really benefits them that they do nice wheels and they do fun colors. I think that's what really is what makes it so uh, more preferable than other some of the run of the mill ones so to speaking. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like
1: the, the Sportage. Is that the name of this car?
0: No, that's a different car. Which one is this Sorry. car? This is the, the CELTOS. Celtos. The
1: new, I think. Oh. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's new for this year. Ah, okay.
1: um, so it the show. Like, like um
2: Star Trek or something.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: agreed. The other thing that is fun about this car, it's got, like, the, the lane assist. So it can sort of, like, once you're on the highway, like, above 35 mile an hour, it'll keep you in the lane and it'll help, like, turn if you're going around, which is kind of fun. It's not hands-free driving like the, a car we'll talk about later on in the show. But it is. I mean, I've got nothing really bad to say about this car. You got an, to be inter- you got an interior shot of this? No, not yet. I can pull them up. I didn't just, just doing the outside ones. But if you want to see the interior, I can try and see what I can do for you, Sam. Yeah. You
2: know how, well, how did you feel the quality of the interior was? It's a twenty six thousand dollars car, so I'm, no, I'm sure it's not like a, you know, up there with the BMWs or Mercedes or Lexus's. But was it? Did it look cheap, it fit and finish, all that? How, how was it? It, it, didn't, it? it doesn't feel like a $26,000 car. It feels more
0: expensive than a $26,000 car, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the interior, while it wasn't plush and luxurious, it was very utilitarian, um, so it was nice and easy to reach. You get a nice big touchscreen that you can use, so Apple, T, Apple uh, Android compatible. Uh, it's got enough, obviously, which is important for you, Sam, is to have enough cup holders. I know you like that. Taro, on the other hand, he likes more things to charge with his USB devices. So, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's great. It, it had the heated seats in the front, didn't have the heated seats in the back, but it, it's a good little car.
1: It's got heated seats, too? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my yeah.
0: God. Exactly. What more do you want, right? You, uh, your, your car, as tested. how much was it? Uh, 26,000. What is it? 26,000. Yeah, twenty six thousand seven hundred. Oh wow, that is that is that's, pretty, pretty
2: that's, inexpensive. That's a good deal.
1: Yeah, yeah what's what's your uh, what's your take? Do you uh, fancy SUVs? That's a no. No. Uh, <laughs> that's silence. I
3: mean, it looks alright, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I I was shocked it was a Kia. I mean, Kia have been making some moves you know, over the last few years. Yeah. Um. But uh, I just don't get the style. Some of this new car styling just looks... The crossover, you mean, stuff? Yeah, just don't get it. Like, I, you know, a, a car's trying to do so many things. It's just like, I want to... You know, if I want an estate, I'll buy an estate. If I want an off-roader, I'll buy an off-roader. I don't want any, everything that does everything. It just looks like one of those bland...
1: They're called crossovers. For
3: younger, yeah, for younger,
2: you're a, very,
0: you're a traditionalist,
2: man.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and I think you bring up some real good points. I will certainly say that. I mean, it, does, it is a car that sort of blends in in that market. If we look at the comparatives, it all, they all look real similar. If it was just a black and white like side profile view. They're all really similar in how they do it. And as you say, it sort of does everything okay, but not everything well. So for someone that's coming up and say, well, I kind of like it for this, and the, the wife kind of likes it for that, and the kids have got room in the back, and I mean, and it comes in at a comparative price point, uh, cheaper than the other ones, it makes it a good deal. And like you say, here I'm making moves in the market, and it's while obviously it's it's not quite a stinger at 400 horsepower that's got a lot of oomph behind it, so to speak, it's not too bad for what it is, is what I felt for the price point, you know? Well, better, I you'd recommend. yeah. Uh, it's one that certainly say, if you're looking for, a, I mean, the, the wife likes it because you sit up higher than a car. So it's got great visibility when you're looking around, which is other things that people obviously is handy with. So it's, it's got those little things that go for it. But and it still is small enough that it feels like you're driving a small car. So it, it feels much smaller than the Passat that I had last week, which is a massive car in comparison. So it was mm. it's just easy to get around. Yeah, not but the gears are pretty much there. If you put it in sport mode, it pushes the revs up and it's a little bit sporty to drive. So it's you know, it's not too bad at all. You like I, the- as you as you'd like to know, Sam, I give it the two thumbs up. Really? Look at that. Yeah. That, wow. that is a big skid plate, you know. It kind of makes it look macho. I like exactly. It. I mean, you'd lose that straight away when, I, as soon as I go over the the whoops this weekend, when I take it out to the sand dunes. But we'll just <laughs> see how it goes, you know. I'm gonna take it out to the sand dunes. Mate. That's, I'm going to Glamis You're this weekend. I'm down. going straight to Glamis. Straight out there. Get off right. the highway. Just turn left.
2: and Just go right there. That's all I'm gonna do. Okay. Uh, nice photos. Okay. Let's let's move on. Enough about the Kia. Oh, is that it?
0: That's you. That's you, Sam. Now you said that's oh, about the Where
2: are you going to you? Oh, no. I thought you had two cars today. No, just no, no, just the one. Just the one. Okay, so now it's my turn. Yeah. Now
0: the pressure, this is where the pressure's on, Sam. You've got to deliver and do everything. As a yeah, well, as I, I,
2: I, I, I I, was like so mesmerized by your photos that I forgot to uh, prepare right here, so I've got to get the photos up. So real. Do you quick. want me
0: to do, would you want to talk about the Nissan then or the Ford which, before you um, jump in then? Well, you already got it? Well,
1: Sam's yeah. got it. Sam's got it's it. All covered. He's on it. He's on. Can you see this? Even without the glasses.
0: No, we can't see anything, Sam. Oh, give it a give it a sec. I'm having No a... pressure, no pressure, Sam. We can't see anything. Really still? <laughs> still nothing.
1: Nothing. Nothing, man. Nothing.
0: nothing. It's black. It's all black like my heart.
2: Man, my computer is like just going so slow. Hold on just a second cuz it's on. You mode. need a
1: new computer, Sam. You need two, you need I two, two, Sam. you yeah, need a, a PC.
2: Just in case you have That's this problem, good. you can switch
1: between the two. Now, how this about now? An, this is an ongoing joke. How about now? now? That he keeps on telling me I need a new computer when everything, yes. anything goes wrong. I can is see it, the it now, yes. The livecast? Okay. All right, there we go. Good. We see it.
2: Good. Okay, well, today our otaku spies, got, you know, uh, they got word from our friends at Best Car about the super high-performance version of the Toyota Supra, uh, the Supra GRMN. Uh, for those familiar with the GRMN name, it stands for Gazoo Racing Meister of Nürburgring. So, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, but what is Gazoo? Everyone always asks me, so what, dude, what the hell is Gazoo? Well, I mean, uh, the Gazoo is uh, is a word based on gazo, which means picture or image in Japanese, right? So, about 20 years ago, Akio Toyoda, uh, who was before he became president of Toyota, uh, wanted to, you know, he already, he, he was a, uh, he was very ambitious and he wanted to change the structure of the company. And, you know, most of the pe- head brass there really didn't take him seriously at the time. So I heard, or so our otakus heard, but, uh, he, uh, he introduced at that time, uh, a new online system using images of cars for, uh, the reselling of used cars. And he named this internet, uh, he named this internet site, gazoo.com. And because it was something that, you know, he created back in the day, he's You know, he holds it uh, close to his heart. So that's why the uh, word gazu still um, exists in Toyota lore today. And uh, Akio Toyota uh, has not, you know, he doesn't want to let it go. He wants to be be part of the Toyota culture. So back to the um, um, Supra. We all know that the Supra's powertrain is uh, made by BMW. Yikes, but it is. It's no secret now. And it's only natural that the M3, M4 power plant would also make its way into the Japanese car, the Supra. And our socials tell us that it will, and it will happen sooner than you think. Uh, the Supra GRMN, GRMN is slated to make its appearance in 2023. So we're still a ways off. So we're give, giving you this that's information. Way. Yeah, that's way yeah way. really. I like
0: how Sam was in STEM led with, it's going to be
2: there sooner than you think. Actually, it's going to be three years. Well, three years isn't that you know it's not that far off because when you yeah I mean it, it, to me it's not that far off. First, impatient guys like you, James, i I think it's, it's it might be different. But <laughs> did okay, you but say, what
0: I was going to did you just say MS Paint guys like me because I was going to ask if this I
2: photograph said, was edited in MS Paint?
1: impatient, impatient.
2: What's MS? Oh. Paint? you talking about? Okay, so sorry, Microsoft my, paint. my sorry. American accent kind of uh, difficult for you to follow me. It is, it is. You need to speak the Queen's English, Sam. We need to have lessons about this again. Okay, well, but the catch we hear is that only 200 units will be made. So that's going to kind of make it a instant classic or collector's car. But it will come with the turbocharged three liter uh, inline six turbocharged uh, from the M3 and M4. So in the BMWs uh, right now, this power plant makes 450 horsepower, and we know that. Bec- uh, oh, and we know that the race-prep Supra that ran the 24 hours of Nürburgring, right, uh, packed a lot more power. Actually, uh, probably packed a lot more power. And so we know that Supra chassis can ha- easily handle an extra, you know, 100 plus horsepower of the current Supra's 335 horsepower. But um, rumors are, well, well, rumors are that BMW first balked at letting Toyota get, use this M-Power engines, but uh, Supra tre- uh, 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 chief engineer, guys, who uh, our friend, right, Mr. Tada, mm-hmm. uh, worked pr- day and night to convince the Germans to hand it over, which they eventually did. And it kind of makes you wonder what kind of deal was worked out behind mm-hmm. the scenes, you know, because uh, it seems like BMW just said, hey, man, you know, this, the M power plant is our jewel in the crown. Come on, man. And I think Tata says, hey, no, we, we want it. This is what we'll give you. But so anyways, Tata is planning to use the 520 horsepower version of this engine that's introduced in the uh, latest M4 uh, into the, the Supra GRMN, which means that the Supra will no longer be kind of compared to the Z4 anymore. It'll be more of an M car. Well, at least the GRMN version will be. And the engine will come made it to the BMW's um, seven speed MDCT gearbox. So the seven speed uh, paddle shifter. So we uh, gave our calculator to our Otaku uh, spies and they're really good at math and figuring things out. You know, Probably like some of your engineers over there, Jan, at your uh, race team. And uh, they calculated that the Supra GRMN will run from zero to 60 in less than 3.5 seconds. And reach the quarter mile in about 11.5, so that's pretty quick. So if you compare that to the Nissan GTR, which is a little more of an expensive car, I think the Super GTR MN will be. Uh, it's the Super GTR MN is a step slower. Uh, the GTR comparatively will get to 60 miles in about three seconds, so uh, half a second then right now. Uh, and these are still estimates. So, uh, but the quarter mile time is about the same. So you wonder if uh, you could credit the Nissan's all wheel drive system gives it an advantage at launch, right? Because, you know, it could get off the uh, line quicker and then, you know, the GR men could catch up. Uh, but that said around a racetrack, I, I think it'll be anyone's call, which one's going to be quicker. Um, it might be the super cause it's a two seater and it might be, you know, it's smaller and lighter and more nimble. So we, you know, everyone says, Hey, uh, Toyota ran the 24 Hours of Nürburgring in the Supra race car because uh, they knew a car like this was going to come. So uh, maybe this was in the planning for a long time. And uh, usually driving behind, you know, driving behind the steering wheel is a racer called Morizo at the 24 Hours of Nürburgring. And Taro, do you know who Morizo is? Morizzo's uh, a Toyota. Uh, yep, he is that's Akio Toyota. Yeah. Uh, is one of the drivers and do you know why he uses the name Morizo? I have no idea. It was meant to keep the pre- his identity hidden because, you know, as you can guess,
1: uh-huh.
2: uh the president of a large multi-billion dollar company is usually not really allowed to partake in dangerous activities, you know, like racing.
1: Well, but then, you know, I bet the insurance company had a Yeah, oh no,
2: yeah. Oh, and the security guards <laughs> because you know, I mean, like the president of a day Ford, with that. Uh, GM, they, they travel with security guards yeah. and they're not allowed to, you know, step into or even a race car with even like Jan, just giving them laps around the track. Right. 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 So, so, but you know, Mr. Toyota isn't your average CEO. So uh, in any case, uh, the experience and knowledge gained in that grueling 24 hour race will probably go a long way in helping Tata-san tune the chassis and make mm-hmm. the Supra GRM and on par with, uh, Cars like the Nissan GTR and, of course, the two BMW M's. And another bit of information, uh, you, i don't know if you'll hear it here first—but uh, we hear that, and you, future car collectors like you, James, maybe you, Taro, you guys, or you, maybe on, and since you're in Japan and you might be there, you know, in a couple of years. Listen up, the Supra may end its production with this one model in 2025. Really. Yeah. Yeah, there might not be a second generation model. They, they, there's rumors that it's done at 20. Oh wow! So the GRMN version may be the last model offered before mm. it goes away forever. So that would yeah. be the you know the big finale, right? Mm, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So. So um, there's that. Uh, we haven't you know there's nothing official about price. You know we're so so such a long ways away from the car being available that uh, we can only guess at the price. And, you know, our Otaku guys, as they're calculating, you know, said, you know, it is very feasible. That's going to be around the $120,000 mark. So, yeah, it won't be cheap, but it will be exclusive, Mm -hmm. and it will probably be a a, a collector's item, you know, we think. So, uh, Jan, what do you think about a Supra with the M engine in it? You
3: know, difficult to talk about, too, eh? but... uh...
2: (laughs) I well, yeah. I know it's I know it's Toyota and you might uh, this is a, a this is the uh, uh the regular model
1: yeah, so, yeah,
2: yeah yeah so you can see how you know it compares it doesn't look too much too too, too. yeah
3: we, we race against this in uh, in Super GT uh, so
1: uh, yeah did they we, debut this uh, the the super last year or is it from this year, year. this year yeah this year
3: and um yeah it's uh, it looks a new car looks pretty funky and uh, with the, the purest in me it's like is it you know like cars from japan you know the have like is all you know like people in europe and in america it's like you know cars oh. from japan especially nights oh my
2: computer froze
3: it's like oh this is you know japanese or japanese and where is that it's like is it really, <laughs> well
1: you know? that's that's the same you know sentiment that a lot of the uh, a lot of the fans have as well you know it's they don't feel like it's a pure supra
3: where's the gtr that's all <laughs> <laughs> japanese through and through whereas that it's like i don't know you open the bonnet and you could probably well you can i've seeing seen some video you can find some uh, other german manufactured uh, labels and mm-hmm. logos in the, in the in the engine bay so
1: have you, uh, have you seen the, uh, so the 2020, uh, the, the new Supra uh, will debut this weekend then, literally?
3: Uh, yes, no. Uh, was it? I can't remember. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. It's been so weird because it's been so long.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> have you, have you seen it uh, out on the test days or anything? Yeah,
3: it's been, it's yeah. been for, I think we've had like eight days testing so far this year and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we um, raced against it um already, and uh, yeah, it's all three manufacturers. They're very different the way they design the car and all got very different roof lines and aero. And uh, yeah, GTR's been in the same you know, package for for a long time now, so we've kind of perfecting it. Whereas yeah, yeah, we're in, so like every three or four years is a new car.
1: Right. Right. There's a big learning curve, I'm sure, with a completely new platform like that. Do you, yeah. But the Super GT Supra is not going to have the BMW power plant, is it?
3: No, no, no. Right. Like uh, All of it, a Regulation, if you have to have a 2-liter or uh, well, 2,000cc four-cylinder turbocharged totally engine. So,
1: okay. Half night
3: um, that, you can do whatever you want. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's other rules as well within the engine. Mm-hmm. Um, but,
1: uh, yeah,
0: it's a uh, two-liter four-cylinder.
1: We lost Sam. I think we did.
0: I think he fell down a hole and he's, he's not coming back. Is he knocking at your door? Is that what's happening? <laughs> my,
1: my computer froze.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but
0: right. so, yeah, while we haven't uh, got Sam here to steal the limelight, what's it like when you work with the, the engineers? How does that work when you go, for example, have a test session? Uh, can you sort of talk a little bit about how that happens in regards to you, them asking you what you want to do or what you want to get out of it? or whatever what are you able to get out of a test session and then how does that dialogue go and what's some of the changes that you're able to make and things like that
3: so uh, usually we have a few meetings a few meetings before the the actual test day and uh, we'll have a plan so we'll have our base setup and then we'll have um, normally all the time we'll have a, a B setup up and then if we're completely in the dark before the test we'll have a C setup so um, Make it easy. we'll have like a, a base setup and then we say a medium spring set, and then we'll have a B setup which will have soft set and then maybe a you know another setup which will have different damping and we, we have, so we'll do the testing and then um, if the engineers want to do a back to back, so we'll have like a set of dampers already made up, four dampers already made up front and rear, soft set put them on, driver goes out again. Um, they'll change it within like five to ten minutes. Our driver goes out and then we give our feedback on that on which direction to go forward. Usually on a race weekend so this weekend we've got our uh, we've got our baseline set up and uh, we know what to expect really what what we're going to expect going from the last test but we've still got a B setup um just in case. Um, and when you have two drivers a lot of the time we're of the same opinion, but sometimes okay. it does happen where we have a completely different opinion. And that's when it becomes difficult for the engineer because then he's got to think, okay, engineers should just think performances You know, anything else, driver comfort, you know, anything else, it's just performance. Yep. And uh, that's when an engineer has to kind of take the lead and go, okay, we're going in this direction, you know, and we need to uh, just find the best performance possible for the car. Um, Setup changes, mainly on a race weekend, they're very small stuff, so normally we won't touch the spring rate, even though we've got a a soft set, just in case, it'll just be damping, roll bars, bump, rubber gaps, um, Mm -hmm. wing angle changes. Um, But on a general test days, we'll have most of the time, we have geometry changes, which is huge. It takes like forty minutes to change a geometry set on the car. Um, sometimes diff change, diff plate changes. Mm. You know, you can take, some, you know, have so much change um, in the car gear ratios. is probably gonna be fixed for this weekend. We won't change them. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's cool, but you can lose your way. You know, you you suppo- you, you, sh- you should have like a plan of what you're gonna change. Yep. And that, but sometimes. It's happened where you can change so much and you just lose your way and you don't know what's helped what. So normally right, you always do right, and right. You time to see the positives of the negative.
1: Yeah, because if you change too many things, you won't, you really, you'll have a hard time figuring out what actually made those, uh, you know, performance changes or, you know, the feeling, right? But,
3: yeah, but it can be frustrating, you know, for a driver because a lot of the time, well, I've been here recently 500 now, it's my fourth year in 500. And, um, you know, a lot of the time I know what these changes are going to do. So yeah. it's like, look, you can change two things at the same time and make up some time, make, you know, not lose time, but, you know, sometimes you got to go over the process because there's a process. Right.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I talk about good. another process is getting Samitani back on the show. I think it's
1: going to be I'm here. Oh, there you can are. you hear me? You I'm yeah, here, but you. my, my, <laughs> my camera's not
2: working. So I'm using my iPod to right now to get on, but the camera's not working so, because my damn computer takes like 10 minutes. Loop, all, I'll,
0: so. all I'll say is I really, really like that glamour shot that you had up, Sam, beforehand. It was very, you know, we're looking very <laughs> relaxed there in that glamour shot. I, I need to get some tips on that from that photographer on how to take photos like that.
2: What what glamour shot?
0: There was a, an image of you in front with your shirt buttons like undone. The headshot. You shot. had a little, yeah, the headshot. You were looking very handsome.
2: Oh, 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 yeah, I gotta change that. That's like about nine years ago. So. You could not tell. You could not
1: tell you at haven't, all. Sam. You have an age of the day, Sam. No, Thank not at guys. all. <laughs> Thank you, guys.
2: I hate to say what you guys are saying without. I hate to know what you guys are saying without me when I was off the air and could hear what you guys were saying. So, so, anyways, uh, what was Jan, Jan didn't seem like he liked the super too much.
3: Like it, you know, when it's a rival, so I'm like, that's the enemy right there for me. Oh, <laughs> I like
0: okay. it. I like Jan. I like okay. the way that Jan's thinking here.
1: All right, I like it. Okay, I get I like it. that. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't dig the uh, Toyota and the BMW thing either, you know. Like a lot of Supra, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Don't yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah, like, know, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's an American car, it's a German car, you know.
0: So so should that mean then should we talk about a Nissan car and that Yang can be like, this is the, possibly one of the greatest cars I've ever seen in my oh, life.
1: Oh, yeah, let's do that. There's a car uh, announced just today, right?
0: Yeah, so let's, I'll just pull it up because I can share my screen while Sam can't, and then we can just go from there. <laughs> So there we go. So this is the Aria, right? That we just globally launched like uh, yesterday. Yeah.
1: Okay. And I think it's fully electric.
2: I'm gonna leave. Can you you let me back in? Because my computer booted, okay?
1: All right.
0: (laughs) Oh, the drama of Sam Mitani. He's always the one causing the drama. So it's an all electric 300 miles uh, range, I think it is. Um, It's a good car
1: it yeah, like the, the styling, actually. Uh,
0: it's really close to the concept. I think it's going to retail here in the U.S. for around $40,000, starting at. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes, uh, I think they're going to do a front-wheel drive version and then have a twin motor setup where it'll be an all-wheel drive version. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll have the track, one motor for the front wheels, one motor for the rear wheels. Um, it's going to be using a, hands, a form of hands-free driving which is the other thing that they're really proud of. Um, So it's not autonomous driving, so I don't like to use that word, but it's hands-free highway driving. So it will be able to change lanes, stay in the lane, that kind of thing. Um, So I think the real push here is trying to get uh, a car out that's going to be really competitive against the Tesla offerings before some of the other manufacturers. And obviously, we have the Nissan Leaf already that's been very a phenomenal seller here in the U S in particular. Yep. So I think it's natural to go this route Was as Jan talked about, it's sort of a car that does nothing. It's kind of, maybe it's big enough to be in a state. It's high enough to be a, a, an off roader. It's comfortable enough to be a, a regular car. So yeah. So we'll just see how it goes. One of the things I do like about it, it's going to have, if I can scroll through these, all these photos to get the interior shots, Oh.
1: It's got great styling. This car, though, I mean, it, it looks like a con. What do you guys think? Like The concept car. Hey, Yeah. What do you think about
2: the uh, new Nissan logo? Did you see that? It's a, yeah, kind of sure. the same, but it's not the hamburger anymore. Yeah, I was about to say the logo's changed. I? Yeah, I logo. They changed the logo, so it's, this car supposedly is going to start a whole new um, chapter for you know Nissan because it's you know it's it's it's. Every, the styling to everything about Nissan is going to change starting from this car, as they say. And, you know, I, uh, you know, because I think we are coming into a, a, a time where the car is going to drastically change, you know, with autonomous drive and all that. So
0: Yeah, I think it's also they're trying to make a step away from what might have happened with previous uh, Nissan leadership. Trying to make a break from that, whereas he made a break in another different way that we've talked about in the past. <laughs> but uh, I think it's just a new direction for everyone to go, right? As Sam said, and I, one thing I will say is I really thought these haptic buttons were kind of cool.
1: Yeah, into the wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And obviously, we talk another big thing that the modern things like the, the screens. And I mean, I think it's got two like ten-inch or twelve-inch screens, um, which is kind of fun. I mean, I think if this comes in at $40,000 here in the U.S., you get the tax credits, which drop it down to $30,000. Even for the base model, I think that's a real good deal. Did you know what the range was on this? 300 miles, Sam. Oh, that's plenty. That's, uh, the only thing that we're not amazing. sure about at the moment is the fast charging specs. But yeah. I, I, you've got to say now the fast charging is pretty common where you're going to be getting to see at least 70 to 85% of the battery done in, yeah. say, 30 minutes, give or take. So I, I mean I'm just gonna stick on with what's powerful and what's common at this current time. Then so I think that that's gonna be real good. I mean I like all the LEDs where you can change the colours. I always think that's fun. Where the strip that runs around there at the top, as you can see, where it's like, ooh, blue, ooh, green, fun, you know?
1: Oh yeah, it changes the, the color all the way around, huh? Yeah. That's, that's nice, yeah. And so what they change they changed the text uh Nissan in the logo, is that oh, uh, No, no.
2: Uh, James, go back to like that. Uh shot of the rear hatch or you know even the wheel or even the grill or whatever yeah it's
1: i called. saw the rear but uh is is the emblem changed too
2: yeah the, that uh, nissan has changed yeah oh, okay it
1: does, yeah, yeah yeah okay it's a little bit uh, yeah it's the, a little it's, bit different, the yeah. font's different yeah yeah
0: yeah the, you've sort of flipped it around with one ring bang oh and then uh <laughs>
2: yeah. james go ahead and show the rear deck again or the rear hatch do you want the close-up yeah yeah that's yeah, fine yeah yeah, yeah fine right yeah. there so yeah, they're gonna write Nissan out like that. I'm I like, see, yes. now, so. Which
0: I, like I think that the, the, the text, in Nissan, I think looks really good.
1: Yeah, yeah I like, the, I like the new font there, yeah. It looks more uh, modern. Yeah. yeah. Like so
2: it. Jan, if you win this championship this year, you might be getting one of these. Is this yeah. gonna be the next Jan <laughs> Company car? Is this what it is? Yeah, is this, yeah. you
3: know. <laughs> Tokyo. I mean, I have a, a, a Nissan Skyline uh, 400R. Oh, you do? Yeah, Whoa. Well, I had it recently in, in Japan. And, uh, yeah, I like um, I like this. How much
0: horsepower do you have? They haven't sort of given the horsepower figures yet, Jan. That's the, what they're trying to go away. I think it's, uh, I'm not sure
2: about the the kilowatts on the battery. I, so, I'll bet you it's very fast because, you know what, I bet you they're going to go after Tesla. Well, <laughs> uh, that's that's when they're going to go with the dual Probably motor like system. Probably like 0 to 60, like probably like crazy fast
3: oh, that's interesting it's got a dual motor because like i guess this is super relevant for the formula e because nissan uh lash G, I think it was and it's out there anyway at the, at the, but in this we're the only formula e car to use a dual motor in that yes car, which uh doing from that is
0: well oh, i
3: think that's one gonna...
2: So it's that, a, cool. very cool it's a good looking yes. car i like it so so i and think when, like i said that
0: the the front wheel drive will come in at around the 40 and i think the dual motor version will start wrapping racking the price up in regards to how that goes but it is i think it could certainly be compared to like the tesla what is it the model y the suv one right in yes, comparison yeah. and this is this coming in at almost half the price for something that looks this good and has that, that functionality inside of it i mean I think this is could be the start where the sort of the flags the the stand from the oh the big OEMs going against Tesla saying look we've caught up now, I mean we've seen it with for example with Audi in regards to their higher end e-tron, but this is oh, when you've and got the Porsche
2: right the Taycan yeah
0: but they're obviously a much mm-hmm. higher price point than this this is coming in what's one a price point that's significantly lower going to be going for three hundred miles which do you really need more than three hundred miles in a daily driving range probably not. Um, this is one that I think is really going to start moving the needle, I think, in regards to how we think about electric cars.
2: Well, something's got to move the needle for Nissan, so let's hope Yeah, does Fingers work. crossed it's this. Yeah. And Jan, obviously,
0: with him, with his expertise and his sportsmanship and his ability on track to, to get more people behind the wheel of a Nissan, I think is the way it's going to go. Uh, I'll do my best at that.
2: <laughs> you got to <laughs> win, man. <laughs> Don't don't win any races this year. Remember, third, fourth, second, <laughs> third, fourth, and you're going to win third, this.
0: third every time. Third every time, straight through. So, <laughs> exactly. um, Sam, did you have anything else that you were going to cover, or should we go on to the Bronco? No, let's let's take a look at the the OJ Mobile, the Bronco. Okay. Well, I like that you. Can, yeah, I like that you said that, Sam,
1: the and juice. not me. The Juice <laughs> Mobile.
2: So this, God, I mean, that's the most. That's why it's famous, you know.
0: So yeah. I think that this. Is possibly the car that like broke the internet this week. I've seen nothing. Everyone
1: but, was posting this. Picture. Everyone's I mean, told even me that the non-car people were like posting this.
0: Yeah, and they've talked about how they put a hundred dollar, hundred dollar refundable deposit down to get one. Mm. So, I mean, what does everyone think of it? Jan, you're the person. Let's start with you because obviously you are. You're the guest, and uh, these, these these don't compete against you in in, in Japan, <laughs> so you can talk a little bit more about these, surely.
2: You might be doing a rally one of these days, you know. In these,
3: no, I like it. I um, I actually dig it. And you know, Bronco is. I remember the Bronco before O.G. though. It wasn't. It wasn't the O.G. thing that got the Bronco for me. It was uh, the Bronco that was in Speed the movie. Yep. That uh, Travis was driving. I thought that was such mm-hmm. a cool car, and then I found it was a Bronco. And yeah, yeah, this is this looks dope. I kind of. I dig it. I, w- I hope it comes with those wheels as well, those proper
0: off-road wheels. Yeah, so the the interesting thing about it, so the Ford Bronco, obviously this comes in the two-door and the four-door. The four-door is the first time they're going to be doing it with a Bronco. And they've got, I mean, this really seems to be a car that's like, it's kitted out for everything. So this, tell in reading the, the media kit on it, it says it's got 200 options that you can style the car out with um, wow. in regards to how you want to go about it. And then we haven't even started on the, the other Bronco, which is the Sport, which is, gives you straight from the outset, gives you the ability to put two mountain bikes in the back. So it really seems to be that they're like, look, we've seen how successful some of our competitors have been. Um, the response to this car has been phenomenal in what we can see out here. And they're really just like, let's just go away with all these people that make things for our car and we'll just make them all and bring it all in-house. I mean,
1: it looks the, like they really listened to what the market was uh, wanting, you know.
0: Everything. I mean, the leather there looks fantastic. It looks like oh, real. It looks like real what you'd see, like I'd call it like leather saddle from a horse saddle. Yeah, so that, that fits in right with a Bronco.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the idea that it's all these things like accessory ready is how they're talking about it. Where you've got these options to like do anything you want to inspect mm-hmm. this car however you want to. Um, that, that's I mean,
1: awesome.
2: And a proper awesome. manual
1: transmission.
0: Yeah, I think that they, they said it's going to be a seven-speed manual transmission.
1: Oh God.
0: So, I think obviously it's will be a lot of low ground gears. They're expecting a lot of people to go and take it off road. I mean, this spec that's is funny. obviously this is the the James Death spec. So if I spent ten minutes in this, I'd like I'd burn up to a crisp. I mean, I'd turn into a lobster and then I'd be gone. <laughs> so it's not really my ideal okay. spec, but I could see people like. Uh, Taro, like really getting into especially Sam in his mansion in Hawaii. I could see him like driving around with the <laughs> oh, velociraptors chasing him in, his, in Hawaii around his Look
1: his, at his the things. different config, uh, configurations on the roof too, though. That's pretty badass.
2: Yeah, the safari roof, I think is what they're going to call it.
1: Yeah.
2: Jan, uh, yeah, you could picture this next to your 400R in your garage.
3: I actually really like this, Scott. <laughs> hot <laughs> I'll sell my
0: <laughs> and then, yeah, so Depending so
2: on the price, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think they've released have they released they might have released the prices yet, but I didn't have the chance to to go in and take yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Up. It
2: just it just launched, so no, I love it too. I dig it. I mean I would I would definitely order, you know, have this in my garage.
0: Yeah, and this is obviously the sport,
2: which is Not the- not in white though. I would not get this in white, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean if you're going to get it, I think I like, you know me, Sam, i always like with the fun colors, but the idea that they've got this
2: specked out
0: and this well, is the the Yeah, the
2: reason I don't want to get in white is there's a white, really remember the Bronco? Yes, yeah, so I do know <laughs> that one. That
0: was white, so yeah. So an, inf- an infamous <laughs> Bronco.
2: Yeah.
0: I do like that they haven't really specked that too much in the media images. Uh, yeah. But they're really, really, as you can see here, they're really going up the overlanding market.
1: They are. I think Look is where that. they're going yeah. for. It, it looks like it's uh, you know, ready for going overlanding for sure, like off-roading. You know, none of that uh, half-ass stuff. It's they're yeah. going off all of these pictures. are... Yeah, is this
2: the first you're seeing this car or this truck, Jan? Sorry, is this the first you're seeing this?
3: No, I saw it uh, yesterday. Obviously. Oh, you did. Okay, uh, but uh, I. Yeah, not the Sport. I haven't seen the Sport yet, but the, the, the yellow Bronco, the T-Door and the Ford I've seen online. Yeah, I, I dig it. I'm not so much on the Sport. Though.
0: The, the, the Sport's not quite as appealing to you then? No. Nah.
3: It looks like a, uh, I, I don't know, I can't remember the model, like a Ford
0: Exclusion. Or Explorer, I think, is the one yeah. you're probably thinking about. No. This. So they, they're going to separate the two. So I think the Ford Sport's coming with the two-litre turbo four-banger. And I'm guessing it's probably the one coming straight out of the Mustang. Um, I think that's the, sh- is the, that's the shared one I think they developed with uh, Chevrolet, I think, is when they went and developed that engine. And I think that the, um, the big brother of the Bronco, the regular one, will probably come in with the three-and-a-half-liter EcoBoost engine um, and go from there. So, I mean, they could, I could certainly see some lots of performance variants of this coming out. So probably wouldn't be really that in going to be sent to be climbing these kind of hills, but more so putting a lot of horsepower down that could just be going around the streets of Los Angeles kind of thing. Yeah, cool. I yeah. like it. Dig it.
1: Yeah, they're going to sell a lot of these things.
0: Yeah. Is
1: your garage you- uh, big enough to uh, fit one of these, Jan?
3: Like, I've got to be careful of my kind of car collecting back in the UK because... <laughs> I don't even have a garage. I'm like paying somebody to <laughs> store my
1: parents'
0: arms and legs. I'm awake so much.
1: Yeah,
0: do you ever have the problem, obviously, uh, me being English, of English garages not being quite wide enough now for modern cars? Uh, as
3: I'm not sure because my house doesn't have a garage anymore. But, uh, yeah, I think like, new houses now, it's they, tiny, right? You can't fit yeah. in
0: you can't fit anything in. No, I was looking at houses because my friend was like, moved down to London and was like, I'm trying to find a place. And I was like, we're well, going to get one with the garage. And I was looking at the garage. So I was like, well, you can't fit a car in that now.
3: Yeah. yeah weird. I just parked on the drive and then the cars that I actually like, I, well, that's wrong. The car that I really want to look after a lot, it's
2: paid to put in storage somewhere. Yeah, you kind of have to, right? Because uh, the three of the four houses I live in in London, <laughs> Didn't have a garage you know just a yard and mm, yeah london inside.
3: it's like uh what well, parking is expensive like over there it's <laughs>
1: yeah same yeah. in tokyo too though right I mean,
3: yeah yeah that's true but in tokyo they do really well with the parking situation because they have you know the underground stuff right right it's uh I, yeah it's still you know i find it awesome when you get your car your road car and and one of those automate things, and it's just whirring away, and your car comes out. I, it just boggles my mind. I, I love it. I have to wait like 10 minutes for my car to come out, but I still love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. the whole Yes, the, the 3D thing. It's like an s comes down on an escalator. Well, cool. All well, right. Nice, nice uh, James. Thank
0: thanks you. trying. try. Thanks try for make it for, easy. Thanks yeah. for pulling that up. Especially when my computer just crashed. Look, these things happen, Sam. I mean, I think it's best that you buy a second <laughs> computer, Sam. Yeah, I don't. I think know. it's it's tax time. You should be getting a fat refund there from all those things that you do your charitable endeavors. So maybe that's where you
2: go get two laptops. I think I will. Good man. Okay, so uh, any parting thoughts? Uh, uh, first, uh, Jan, is there anything you need to plug? Oh, Tara, what are you doing? I got to I mean, plug my video. Segment. You didn't say you had a segment. Sorry. But
0: Sam's always. Yeah, this is what we deal with every week. Sam always real, wants to cut off Tara. He doesn't want to let him talk. This I is bet. real,
1: real He's quick, real quick. He has um,
2: his little brother on here.
1: Yeah, this is an 18-year-old uh, Shoya Saito. He's 18 years old, and he competes in Formula Drift Japan. And we just did a little segment on him and his uh um, drift car. He got this drift car. It's a actually a Nissan Silvia S15 uh, from his dad. His dad actually competes as well. And that's our, our man, Robbie Nishida, doing a little interview uh, with him at Niko Circuit. Um, this, you know, nowadays, you know, when you, when you go drifting, a lot of like, especially in the states, um, people just drop the SR20. They they put something bigger and more powerful in there. You know, Toyota 1JZ, 2JZ. Um, the Formula Drift guys all put in you know V8s, uh, LS engines. Um, but he's got a SR20, and uh, he's uh, you know, it's not that powerful, but uh, at his level, uh, it's uh, probably the best best choice for him. Um, so we just did this video on him and uh, it's it's out right now so uh, everybody can go check it out on uh, on gdchannel.com. Jan, what do you uh, what do you think about drifting
3: i, I love it i love going sideways <laughs> i want to go to uh, that track in japan Ebisu, with the jump
1: the jump yeah, oh yeah yeah ABC is a uh, famous one yeah
3: a few, a few guys actually contacted me on instagram recently that uh, they i forget which circuit they're at but uh, you know they've got a few drift cars and they you know they'll ask me you come down and to do it and I'm, yeah, I am I'd love to love to do it you know yeah drifting is born here I you know when you go up, up into the mountains in you know Hakone and places mm-hmm. like that and you see all the you know the, the marks on the road and stuff yeah I mean, it's still alive here you know? even on the on the streets it's, it's, cool. it's cool yeah
1: enough. they're out there they're out there do you ever uh get out to like uh Daikoku Futo and stuff like that
3: yeah yeah a lot yeah yeah it's good, dope. Good. i'm I'm like massive car guy like you know turn up there and, you know every every time you turn up there it's different all these different cars then yeah it's awesome awesome to see that you know, the car culture is still big it's still really big. Like, even with young people as well, like kids yeah. rocking around and like hatch, like eighty six hatch- rockers and stuff and mm-hmm. you know the car's like thirty years old and they're eighteen
2: <laughs>
1: and they're driving hatches right yeah, yeah, it's yeah. cool. No, that, that's that's awesome. That's awesome that you're going to like Daikoku and stuff like that. You're totally embracing the Japanese culture out there.
3: Yeah, I love it.
1: Well, um, that's it for me. Just uh, just a little quick plug to let everybody know that we've got a couple new videos out. Go to gtchannel.com and uh, check them out.
2: Okay, great. James, anything?
0: Well, I'm just going to say, what I wish you had, all the best, obviously, again for this weekend where it's going to be <laughs> Obviously maybe obviously he wants to win. Don't know if that's the best for a season where we discuss this third place option, maybe the best to go all season <laughs> yeah. to win to get the championship. But look, I mean it's always nice for you standing on top of that podium. I mean, I've never got to sit fill that thing, but I'm sure Jan has got many more of these ahead of him. So we're just gonna that's what we're gonna see him, and hopefully this weekend, right? Thank you. Yep, yeah, I'm in for it.
2: Yeah, and anything you wanna plug?
3: <laughs> um, I forget which time it's on. I'm useless at these bugs, but if we're racing on Sunday, Japanese, you know, time qualifying on Sunday also in the morning. So and, it'll be
2: Saturday for us. So.
3: Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll be qualifying this time now. Uh, our Sunday.
0: Mm, okay. And then Maybe maybe one day Sam we might have been get to see GT cha- uh, the super GT on GT channel it's always a who knows right Tara
2: I'm working on it yeah, That's with James and saying.
0: I doing the play-by-play. Uh, play. And some commentators. I know that there's two people that are very here, very ready to be on the commenta- commentary we, team.
2: We, 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 you always need one with a British accent. You know that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a must. So, yeah. And you, and and you, you always announcer. need
0: one that can eat a carrot very quickly, like Steven Seagal. So we've got that covered, too. Got
2: well, covered. Uh, Jan, like I said, uh, us at GT Channel, we're going to be pulling for you. Um, and, you know, let's... Uh, Win the war. Let's not worry about winning the battle. Let's win the war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. So good luck. Good and luck, Jan. Um. Uh, I guess that's it for this uh, this week's or this yeah this week's installment. So everybody, thank you for joining us. Sorry about our technical problems. I mean, it happens. This is the what happens with uh, corona. Oh <laughs> yeah, he thinks he thinks that he, that they, I wear these like glasses that are a little tinted, and they. <laughs> Yeah, it look like that. <laughs> That'd be horrible. You guys are terrible, <laughs> Anyways, Okay, James, take that down. I don't want this to be the <laughs>
1: – That'll be the thumbnail.
2: Okay.
0: That's the thumbnail for the image. There we go. Sam's okay, Zuc- hey, easy.
2: everyone out there, please pull for Jan this year. Uh, it's an eight-season race and uh, – eight-race season, I'm sorry, and uh, we're hoping that he could get it done this year. So uh, that's about it, guys. Let's see you later, and pod speed to everyone. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thanks, everyone, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye.
1: See you again. Bye-bye.